Who's your daddy? Boom! We are off with another episode of Booze Your Daddy, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Snyder, here with a special guest today, Brian. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good to see you. Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. To anybody who knows me knows I've been doing this podcast thing the last couple of months and I've been trying to get the memo out there and talk to people and be guests on other people's shows. And truthfully, it's been a lot of fun to go on somebody else's show and talk to them about stuff that they like. I have to say, when I met Brian on his podcast, I was blown away, one, how well-spoken he was, and two, how much this dude knows about movies. Like, it's really (laughs) impressive. It's a little scary, right? It is a little (laughs) creepy, I have to say, because one of my good friends, one of our regular listeners, Josh, so smart when it comes to knowing about movies. And I was talking to you, I was like, wow, I would love to see the two of you trivial pursuit off in a game of movie knowledge because you know your stuff, man. Yeah, I know a lot about like release dates and Oscars. I'm not good with everything. Movie quotes, I'm not really, like if I haven't seen the movie, usually I don't know the quote of it, but I can not have seen a movie and know the year it came out and people are kind of freaked out by that. I have another good friend, my buddy Stevie, who's also a regular listener, who is so good at knowing the dates on movies. I mean, this kid forgets where his keys are on a regular basis, (laughs) but if you say Little Giants, he's just like, come on, man, obviously 93. 1994, wasn't it? 94, that's what I meant. Oh, I'm going to get shit for that. But yeah, he's so good with that. And him and I have a very weird relationship with movies because the rule of thumb is if I love a movie, he's going to hate it. And if he loves a movie, then I'm going to hate it. And Every now and then, if we both think it's okay, then we might meet in the middle somewhere. But if either of us have strong feelings, we can never agree on anything. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend, uh, same thing. Like every year, there's a couple of movies I love and she's like, it was, it was okay. I'm like what? <laughs> Before we get into it, because there's so much to talk about, one of the things we do here on Booze Your Daddy, it's all about craft beer. And I try to pick out a beer relative to <laughs> my guests. Now, I didn't know you'd be wearing a purple shirt. And for anybody who's not watching this, we are on YouTube, Booze Your mm. Daddy. <laughs> I found a beer that happened to be purple, which is just- Hey! Ooh, it looks very nice. It is called World Gone Hazy IPA, and it kind of looks like your eye vision's getting a little <laughs> distorted on there. Made by the Bronx Brewery, it is a juicy, tropical waves, hazy IPA. It has a beautiful little, not haiku, maybe it is a haiku, parts of it. When the future stops being so clear and the skies above start to swirl, look down at the clouds in your beer to help make sense of this world. Did they pay you to do that? Absolutely not. I am unsponsored by anybody. I will take the best we've had so far is people have given us free beer, like for mm-hmm. the show. I'll take that. That's a win so far. I'm cracking this puppy open. Cheers Go to you, it. my friend. Cheers to you. All right. So, so many questions for you, my man. Your podcast, Film It 50, mm-hmm. is incredible because we were talking and you review these movies from 50 years ago, but as yep. you and I met where I did an episode on your Patreon where you Mm. do a specific type of theme and Mm. it was all about Matt Damon movies because he was turning 40 50 50 that makes way more sense for your show (laughs) and we went through all of his movies and I again I was just blown away of your knowledge and I thought I knew a decent amount about Matt Damon my first question for you is where did your love of movies come from like how did this start Oh my gosh. Started very, very young. I mean, some of my earliest memories are you know, five, six, seven years old going to the movies. Uh, it was A lot of it was my dad. He got me into movies from very young age. He got me interested in the horror genre. I've talked about this a little bit on my podcast. Like by the time I was 10 years old, he had shown me like all of the landmark R-rated 
horror films. By the time I was like 10, 11, like I'd seen all of those. And it's just something that, you know, I was interested in from a very young age. By the time I was in high school, I was making films. I went to film school. So I was made- I. I was making a lot of uh, high school movies back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> those and- so, it was so fun to like get friends and sometimes not your friends. I mean, it was crazy to me. Almost everybody in high school I asked to play a role in one of my short films would say yes. I think you missed the joke there. The movies I was making, while they would be considered horror for some, they were not horror movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the films I made were horror films, but uh, I did a whole like mix of different genres. And whenever I tried to make something kind of serious in high school, it was never good. It was usually the funniest films I made in high school were the ones where I tried to be serious. Yeah, we had a special Halloween episode with one of my friends who is obsessed, is an understatement for my friend Lauren, who mm-hmm. we have since dubbed the Queen of Scream. And she has an unhealthy obsession for horror movies. And you yeah. also pronounce it the same way she does. When you say horror, it kind of sounds like a horror, like W-H-O-R-E. Yeah. She does that too. And I, yeah, I had trouble with my R's when I was a kid. It took me to about age 12 to actually say words with the R's in it correctly. So I still struggle with some words and ho- horror is a tough one for me to this day. <laughs> yeah, she does that a lot. And the two of you would have been great in a room just kind of battling it off. So I'll just quickly interlude with what is your your favorite horror movie just so she can kind of go what that movie's terrible well i hope she doesn't think it's terrible it's the original halloween by john carpenter oh she loves that oh okay <laughs> i don't you know guys how are gonna be buds. you're in if you have interest in that genre i don't know how anyone could dislike that film <laughs> like that would be like mind blown i'd be like tell me what you don't like about that film because it is it's still to this day one of those powerful you know scary movies ever made there was a great viral video going around i think i saw it on instagram of a little girl at I don't know, a Target or something. And they had a big Mike Myers and it was doing the do-do-do-do-do-do. And she is sitting there dancing as if it was like a Christmas carol. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's very funny to watch a little girl like, Mommy, this is great. I love yeah. this music. Yeah, the, the little kids who look at Freddy Krueger and they think he's awesome. It's like, actually, he did some horrendous things in the movie. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> do you like the feeling of being scared or do you just not get scared by those movies? Uh, no, I get scared all the time. Like, if, the, if a movie is genuinely frightening, I like... There are there have been films I've seen where it's a struggle for me to get to the end because it's so scary. I'm not sitting there like filmmaker, film critic, just like, oh, this, I've seen this before. This is fine. Like if a movie is genuinely scary, uh, one of the most recent examples was The Conjuring 2, which came out in 2016. I don't know if you saw the second one. No but chance. I, was I like, don't do horror movies. I you two like, can... <laughs> There is a there is a nun in that movie, like an evil nun. It's like one of the scariest characters I've seen in a horror film. <laughs> it was too much for me. I was like, this this is too much. I it's I was a struggle to get to the end. I was so scared. So it does still to this day happen, like where I watch a, a scary movie and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into it at all. I like more mind thrillers, like the Saw movies. I kind of okay. enjoyed because it makes you think a little bit. But no, thank you. Now, talking <laughs> about the movie experience, uh, let's forget 2020 for a minute. A bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, would you say at home versus are you like a, you have to go to the movie theater type of guy? I prefer the movie theater usually unless, you know, I got someone kicking my chair behind me or talking with his girlfriend. I mean, there are aspects to the movie going experience that sometimes isn't great. But if in terms of just like watching a film on a screen, that's still to, to this day the best way to watch a movie is on a giant screen in a movie theater. You know, and I'm hoping next year or if not next year, the year after we, we get that experience back with a crowded theater because that's always a fun way, especially horror films, right? Like it's, it's a fun way to watch movies. Yeah. Who does the great Joe Ralphie May? Uh, he, he, I think he 
passed away a couple of years ago, big fat white guy. And he did a great comedy bit about if you really want to have a good time, go to a horror movie in like an inner city because yeah. the commentary alone will make it the most funny movie you've ever seen. I, the bit is something like, you know, the audience is yelling like, don't go in that boat. That may go kill you. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like it. You know, you watch a drama with a big audience, it doesn't really make any difference. But you watch a really, really funny comedy or a terrifying horror film, like it's, there's nothing like it. It's, it's, it's crazy when you have a giant, you know, group of people watching a movie like that. Yeah, I agree. It's the same thing for me for sports. Yes, there are some <laughs> sports games that I watch at home and in my room by myself, I stand up on my bed screaming in joy or anything. But it's more likely to happen when you're in that stadium and something happens, the energy that you feel. And I, I totally agree with you. For the movie experience, what are your thoughts on trailers? Oh, I love trailers. I always have to get to the movie before the trailers start. I mean, it's a little bit different now. I remember when I was a kid, like in the 90s, when like, you know, very early days of internet, like the only way to see the trailer would be you'd have to go to the theater, right? And you'd have to like, and, and it'd be trailers for big, big movies. You didn't even know that they were making. You were like, in, you know, it was like a surprise. Now, you know, every time a movie trailer drops, it's online for the first day and you and you watch the trailer. If it's a movie you, you care about, usually you've watched the trailer before you see it before a movie in the theater. Um, so it doesn't have quite as much power as it used to when I was younger, like in the 90s. But I still love movie trailers. I'm always bummed if I'm running late and I walk in just as the trailers are ending. I'm like, oh, I feel like they've gotten a little long. Do you, do you care? Like optimally, how many trailers or how many minutes before a movie do you want? I want four two and a half minute trailers and then show the movie. So doing the quick math, you're saying 10 minutes? Like ten, like like four trailers is good. What you movie think are you much? going to? No, I'm saying that every time I go to the movies, I always turn to like whoever I'm with and make a joke like, get ready for the next 22 minutes of this. Oh, oh I thought your question was, what do I prefer? I prefer it's when it's four. Oh, I'm sorry. Usually, usually it's six to eight and then commercials and they're advertising the theater and you turn to the person you're with and you're like, what movie are we seeing again? It's been so long. You can't even remember what you're actually there for. Yeah. What are your thoughts on now? I'm assuming you go to a lot of movies. Are you a popcorn up, up until candy? this year? <laughs> yeah. Are you a popcorn candy soda? What do you do when? What is your routine? I'm so I'm very boring, and I've saved a lot of money. I would say in the last 20 years, I bring in a bottled water, and I never, ever, ever buy anything at oh, the concession stand. Dude, it makes it so much better. It really does. I mean, occasionally, like I'll get a popcorn or something, but usually, I regret it 20 minutes later. Because <laughs> my stomach oh. hurts, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I love <laughs> but, it. I mean, what do you what do you get at the theater? Candy, popcorn. I mean, it's yeah, that's great. exactly what you get. I am so big that I like to go get a big popcorn. Of course, it's like six seventy five, seven seventy five, or eight seventy five for this monster yeah, bucket, which giant. I'm, I'm definitely getting it. And here's something that I do that people give me a lot of shit for, and I couldn't care less. If it's free refills, I generally will refill the popcorn on the way out, so I have it to eat <laughs> like that week at home. I cannot tell you how many friends go, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, you're not homeless. You do not have to do this. See, I don't, I've never liked popcorn that much. I think if I loved popcorn, it would be like a special experience to have some at the theater. You know, it's fine. I'll eat it. It's not my favorite thing. So one of my favorite podcasts, this guy has told his uh, hack for popcorn. And this is going to be anything for anybody listening to this. I'm not a butter on popcorn guy. I like my 
you know, butter popcorn, but I don't mm. ever do the extra like, goo, 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 goo. I don't do that. Disgusting. <laughs> but if you want to do that, here is the secret. You take a straw and put it right through your movie theater popcorn. You then put the straw under the butter, you pump it and you slowly lift the straw up and pump again and slowly lift it up. And what it does is evenly disperse all the butter. It's like the movie theater butter popcorn trick. I heard of it. I would never do it, but I'm putting that out there for all my podcast listeners. Well, that's the thing. Like, unbuttered popcorn tastes like nothing, so you have to put butter on it. But then that that stuff that you pour on it is just, just grosses me out. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I struggle horrible. with popcorn. So getting back to the theme of my beer here, you know, where I said it's a world gone hazy IPA and it's kind of distorted. What are your thoughts on 3D or even 4D movies? I am not for 3D. I mean, unless the movie is specifically shot and designed to be seen in 3D. I, there were what two or three. I mean, obviously Avatar was an important film for 3D. That's what kind of started the craze of, remember those like two years afterwards where just every movie was 3D, even if it was like a quiet drama, it was in yeah. 3D. You're like, what? Um, so it, it's when they like converted just 2D movies into 3D. That made no sense to me outside of just making money. But then like Hugo by Martin Scorsese was a really cool 3D movie. And I love seeing uh, Gravity in 3D in 2013, all of like the objects kind of floating through, mm-hmm. you know, the, the frame I thought was really cool. So, so I would say maybe five or six experiences I've had in the last 10 years of a 3D movie. I was very happy with the 3D, uh, but usually you can just see it in 2D and you're not really missing anything. But if you had your way, you would just be like, do away with the 3D crap. I don't yeah, do, do, do away. Do away with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm there for the story. I'm there for the performances and the character. Like, I don't care about the 3D. That doesn't interest me very much. So I think what you're kind of doing right now, and I like to differentiate for people, is the difference between a movie and a film. And I don't know if you agree with me, but I always say like Fast and Furious is a movie where yep. 1917 is a film like yes. this is the big difference between kind of the artistic moments or i guess if mm-hmm. you will so you're saying if it's a film no 3d definitely not yeah i would not have seen 1917 in 3d <laughs> i i disagree i think that movie would have been great that scene where the plane comes in that could have been a great scene i i don't need to, like that movie it's what it was one of my favorite films of last year it's an incredible film i think that wearing 3d glasses for that movie would have taken me a little bit out of the experience I, that was a film i just wanted to watch in 2d for sure definitely um that yeah that's definitely a film i think you know movies you know there's a place for both right i like to see both you know usually movies are just kind of made for entertainment to to thrill you to make you make you laugh and then dr- like films are usually dramas that you know make think a little bit more maybe a little bit longer in length and usually on my top 10 list every year probably eight of them are films right and Absolutely. then maybe i'll throw in a movie or two but now what are your thoughts on movie dates like going to the movies on a date are you like yay or i don't want to have to deal with the person next to me i just want to watch this and enjoy it i prefer to see a movie with somebody but there'll be an occasional movie where i just cannot find anyone to go with so i'll just go like i'm not gonna wait you know for a date or for someone you know one of my friends or someone to, to show up like if there's after the movie's been out a week or two if i can't find someone to go with i'll just go by myself i'm not it is a little bit strange right to go drive to a theater get your ticket sit down walk out and it's all by yourself there is still to this day i'm in my mid-30s it's still there's a like a little it's a little weird you know and, and sometimes i'd just rather just watch it at home where i don't have to feel weird about that but if it's a movie i want to see i'll go see it <laughs> right yeah i guess i was getting more into like actually being there with somebody romantically but it's a different story <laughs> I, I have really struggled with it you know in college we had a movie theater on campus and i remember like valentine's day near it i went with my college girlfriend at the mm-hmm. time 
and we went to see The Notebook and we ran into one of my fraternity brothers there. Great guy. Name's Chad. I'm like, hey man, how's it going? And he goes, not much. I said, who are you here with? He goes, no, I'm just here by myself, man. Like movies are kind of anti-social and my my duo turned into a trio for this movie. Like I sat in the middle holding the popcorn and the two of them had their hands reaching in and it. I was like, all right, I, I get what he's doing. I just know for me, I've gone to the movies maybe two or three times and I always want to talk about it with somebody when I leave. And I think that's the best part about it is when you go with somebody mm-hmm. kind of turn and say, oh, what'd you think of this? Or what'd you think of that? Or not to mention, if you have to go to the bathroom, you're like, let me know what happens when I get back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that that's the one thing that, that you're missing. When you go by yourself, you walk out and if it's a really great film, there's so much to talk about and there's nobody, you just have to go, like, go on Twitter and like see what people have said about Like you can't really, you know, talk to anybody about it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great reason to bring somebody with you, if not more than one. Yeah. We had talked before this and now I'm just going to throw it up to you. Any interesting stories from going to the movies that you're like, oh my God, you'll never believe what happened this one time. Okay. Yeah. No. The, so the, one of my favorite stories when I was a kid, and I don't think my dad will ever listen to this. So I think I can talk about it. It was in the summer of 1999 and I was 14 years old and I really wanted to see Eyes Wide Shut, the Stanley Kubrick film with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Fidelio. Fidelio. And I, but I was 14 and my, my mom was pretty understanding of like how much I loved movies and she was on board with me seeing horror films, R-rated films when I was like 11, 12, 13. But that film, for whatever reason, I think like there'd been a, you know, something on the Today Show or or something like where they said, you know, it's a very sexual and not appropriate for kids and teens. And so, oh, there's definitely Nicole Kidman booby in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. She gets fully naked. There's that orgy sequence where he goes to that mansion. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's something else. But that was the one time ever that in my memory where she put her foot down and said, I, I don't want you to see that Brian but my dad was okay with it and so we were on a we were on vacation summer vacation in Tahoe and there was like there's like this one little theater kind of near our cabin that was playing eyes wide shut and I'm like sitting there begging my dad to take me and then I watch him and my mom they're like arguing in the other room like she's like no you cannot take him to this movie I forbid it and he's like oh he's it's fine blah blah so they go on and I'm like oh, maybe I won't be able to see it and then finally my dad says get in the car get in the car and so he so so we run over to the car he gets in and and uh you know he's pulling out of the driveway and he turns around to me and says, I'm not having sex with your mother for a month. <laughs> that was his, we're good, we're going. We're going to see this Eyes Wide Shut movie that you've been talking about for weeks or whatever. But And, and, and my reaction was, you and mom have sex? <laughs> oh my God. You know, I first took that when you said that as he was putting his foot down like, I'm not giving her what she wants. <laughs> oh, now no, I'm no, realizing no. it was, it was not she, to him. she said, oh, wow. God yeah, bless for him to say that to a 14 year old. I'm like, okay, I, am I going to see it? Movie? Okay. I'm going to see it. So then we go see it. You know, it's a, it's a crowded theater. It was like opening night, I think in Tahoe, it's a small theater. And I was the only person under 30 in that audience. Right. I remember it was just adults everywhere. And I'm the only teenager kid. The movie ends and we walk out and it's kind of quiet. And uh, my dad turns to me and says, if your mother ever sees that movie, I'm a dead man. Wow. <laughs> My mom did see it later, I think after it came out on video. And uh, yeah, she, she wasn't she wasn't happy yet again. But uh, to this day, I say, you know what, mom? I mean, I, you know, I turned out okay. It's a great yeah. film. I'm happy I saw it opening weekend. I've seen that movie five or six times. I love that movie. So it all worked out. It's fine. <laughs> 
I don't know. I struggle. I don't have kids just practicing for now. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I grew up not even exaggerating here. I f- remember watching like Skinamax. I remember watching yeah. like the dirty stations like scrambled. Nowadays, as a kid, I cannot even imagine what kids are looking at doing whatever. Oh my I don't know how I'm going to be when I have kids. I feel like exposure is probably a better thing than to make it this taboo oh, yeah. because it's like anything. The more that you were told, do not see this movie, I'm assuming mm. it's all you wanted to do. Oh, absolutely. I I think, I mean, to a certain extent, you want to just be like broadcasting this stuff all over the place. But if you if you hide it, if you're just like, you know, forbid it, do not look. Kids nowadays with their phones and, you know, laptops and stuff, they're going to find it. So you just have to deal with that. Like, there's no way to block all of that stuff forever and ever. They'll get to it eventually. You know? Yeah, I think it's all about the parenting. You know, I grew up in a household with probably not the best parents. My dad is obsessed with gangster movies and Scarface. And it actually was kind of a bit we used to do when I was about five years old. We we would watch Scarface and at the, you know, the end of the movie where he's on top of the thing and he does that big, I would reenact that. So when I was a little kid, I would stand on the bed, put my arms out and my dad would pretend to shoot me and I would just fall flat on my face. And <laughs> that's probably the last time we had a good laugh together, you know, 30 yeah. some years ago. But like, I grew up watching Scarface and learning all the stuff. I think I turned out okay. I'm not doing cocaine. I'm not becoming a drug lord. Like, I think yeah. exposure is a good thing. You got to take, look, you know, some things are gateway drugs and I think sometimes movies are gateways to other things. But mm-hmm. as long as you have the reins reeled in and you're keeping your eyes on your kids. I think for the most part, I plan on letting my kids do just about anything they want as long as it's legal. Yeah, because I think it's it's different if like, you know, if a kid wants to watch an R-rated movie because it has nudity or because of this and that. Like, I was genuinely interested in the movie itself and I think my parents could see that from when I was when I was young. So they, for the most part, let me see what I wanted to see and it, it all worked out okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the length of a movie? Do you have a desired time? Because you and I, I think, actually went back and forth about The Irishman. Where oh, yeah. I, that was just way too long. What is your desired length for a movie? Ninety minutes for comedy and two hours for a drama, and you know other genres can kind of be in between. My rules usually. Uh, what, what did Roger Ebert say about it? Which I kind of agree with. Like, no good movie is too long, and no bad movie is too short. It's kind of my thing. Like, if it's a really, really great, compelling movie and it's three hours long, I'll go with it. The Irishman was three and a half hours, and it flew by for me. It's a, it's a great film. For the most part, if it's over two hours, you really have to earn it right and it has it can't be if, if i'm watching a movie that's two hours and 45 minutes and it easily could have been two hours like i can see i can find scenes that could have been cut or at least trimmed that's where i kind of you know lose interest a little bit because it's a big ask i'd say two and a half hours or longer is a big ask unless you you know are telling a really compelling story with great actors and surprises along the way so yeah i would say like 90 minutes to two hours is kind of my sweet spot Speaking of scenes that could be cut, are you not into like the DVD extras where you want to know the extra stuff or you're just like, eh, I don't care? Oh, I've been obsessed with that stuff since I was a kid. I, I remember like the first time I sat down with like my first DVD and had like saw a behind the scenes documentary. I love all of that stuff. I love uh, commentaries. Uh, Criterion Collection, Blu-rays are, the, are like the greatest. And then for horror films, uh, Scream Factory, which has been around since 2012, all of their discs are just stacked with hours of bonus materials. I love all that stuff. I had a patient earlier this year who was obsessed with Knives Out and he went okay. to see it in the theaters twice. The first one was to see the movie. The second time he put in his earbuds and listened to the director's commentary. You can sync it up with the movie and kind of hear what the director's saying as, I guess that's kind of what you get in the DVD extra, but he did that. Wait, what? In- 
Wait, like he like watching it in the theater, he yeah. was able to listen to the commentary by the director. How did he do that? He downloaded it on his phone. Oh, and with okay. his earbuds, you can download the director's commentary and then essentially you like hitting play without having the DVD commentary, you can just kind of listen to what the director's saying via podcast or some app or something. I was like, that is commitment, my man. That is wow. especially here in New York City, that is like nineteen dollars of commitment. That's diehard. I would just wait, I would see it once and then wait for the Blu-ray and then watch it at home with the commentary playing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Last question, my man. What are your thoughts on award shows? You kind of mentioned the Oscars earlier. I was curious what your thoughts are. You love them. Do you have a ranking of them? Oh, I love award shows. The Oscars are the best. The, the, those are the ones that really mean the most, right? It's voted on by you know Academy members, which are directors and actors and everybody in the industry. Where some of the other award shows, you know, I, I love film critics, but you know, if it's just critics. I kind of like it when people in the industry are voting on what they like and don't like. Um, and the Oscars has just been kind of the gold standard ever since the late 1920s. We're coming up on 100 years. So that's kind of the big one for me. But I like watching the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice and the SAG Awards. Those are all fun. But the one that I cannot miss is the Academy Awards, which is uh, every usually every February. This next year is going to be in April. Well, this provides a great segue because I told you I had something planned for you at the end. And if you're not a regular listener of the show, we do trivia at the end of every show here. And I have five questions for you on the Academy Awards. Hey, uh-oh. <laughs> I hope, I hope I can. I hope I know the answer. <laughs> I have a feeling that this is going to be crazy easy for you. If okay. anything, I want this to be a learning experience for our listeners. If people get them, great. But I think you're going to knock this out of the park. You <laughs> apparently had no idea this was about to happen, so I think this nope. is even better. Question number one: How did the award get the name Oscar? Has that ever been confirmed? The what the story I've heard is that Betty Davis called it an Oscar, and that's where it came from. But I'm not sure if that's confirmed. If it's like 100, percent that's the story I've heard. So the most common belief is the official name of the statuette is the Academy Award of Merit. There mm-hmm. are many different stories that claim to tell the origin, but the most popular is that a woman who worked as the librarian at the Academy first saw the statue and commented that it looked like her uncle Oscar. Okay. I vaguely think I've, I've heard that story. Yeah. But I've done some, I've read a couple books on Betty Davis and Betty Davis uh, says it was her, that she she named it Oscar when she won her first one in the thirties. Yeah. The book that, that she wrote and, or yeah, I'm sure no, no, somebody else it. wrote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually heard that story before, but when I was looking stuff up today, that was what came out and there was a name for the lady, but I didn't really care too much to write it down. Yeah. I'll, you know, again, it's not confirmed. I'll give you the point. <laughs> Question number two, who has the most Oscar wins and nominations? For acting or just uh, everything? Anybody? Uh, Isn't it Walt Disney? That is correct. (laughs) 22 wins and 59 nominations. Yeah. In acting, it's Meryl Streep. (laughs) Number three, what is the record for most nominations for a movie to not win anything? Uh, Is it The Color Purple? So there's two with 11 nominations. So Color Purple, I want to say, got 11 nominations in early 86 and- didn't win anything. 80, well, it, the movie came out in 85 and the ceremony was 86. Um, sure. So that movie, I believe, was nominated for 11 and did not win anything. And The Turning Point in 1977. Oh, okay. That's news. Yeah. I vaguely know of The Turning Point. I didn't realize, gosh, that, that got 11 nominations, The Turning Point? Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that Spielberg did Color Purple. So we learned things today. Yeah. And he did not get a director nomination. So otherwise, it would have been 12 nominations uh, and he wouldn't have won because that was the 
Creative out of Africa. So it would have been 12 <laughs> nominations, zero wins Matt. if he had gotten in too. Question number four, which movie has won the most Oscars? Which movie has won the most Oscars? Uh, isn't it a tie? Isn't it Ben-Hur, Titanic, and Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King? You got it. <laughs> 50, Ben-Hur, 59, Titanic, 97, and Lord of the Rings in 2003. You are, like I said, I knew these questions are going to be way too easy for you, but I think this is, this is something for our listeners. And question number five, three films have won the big five, which I didn't know that that was a term. So just to talk that out, it's best mm-hmm. director, best picture, best actor, mm-hmm. best actress, and best screenplay, whether original or adapted. Mm-hmm. So three films have won them. Can you name them? Uh, it Happened One Night from 1934, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest from 1975, and The Sounds of the Lamps from 1991. And three for three. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible, man. That was, you, 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 I am so glad that you were able to demonstrate to everybody that you were so much smarter than Josh. I mean, than most of our listeners, but that, that was awesome, man. Like you absolutely demolished that trivia. That is a lot of those were, I was just looking for you to get like one thing. If you just said anything close to the answer, I was giving you full credit. Brian, you know a ton about movies and you're a great guest. Please tell everybody where they can find your podcast. So you can find my podcast. It's everywhere. It's on Apple Podcasts and you know, anywhere you listen, uh, I've put it basically everywhere. Uh, if you want to look us up on the web, it's uh, film at 50.com and you can email us at 50 years ago in film at gmail.com. The Patreon page is patreon.com slash film at 50 if you want to see some bonus episodes as well. Very nice. Well, film at 50, I'm definitely going to check it out. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Very good. Thanks everybody for listening. Booze Your Daddy episodes every Wednesday, every Saturday. I love you. We love you. We out. We out.